Welcome back to Missing. I am Tim here today with Lance. Lance, how are you today? I'm doing okay today. I can't complain. I hope everyone listening out there, I hope they're doing as well as possible. And Tim, you don't complain often. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks a lot for asking. Except uh, it's getting a little cold over here. That's uh, a little frustrating, but what Stop can you Stop complaining. Do? I know, right? There. I, I, now that you called it out, <laughs> I had to. <laughs> and uh, in this episode, Lance, we speak with a lovely woman named Lori. She is the mom of a missing person named Jacob Michael Olivier. Jacob was 23 years old when he went missing. He's 5'6", 120 pounds, and he's been missing since August 24th, 2011, from Everglades National Park in Homestead, Florida. And this one is a real hard one to wrap your head around. There's not a whole lot of indication as to why his car was found there, and there's some conjecture. And again, one of these situations where he's been missing for over 10 years, going on 13 years now, right? So next year in August will be 13 years. His mom still doesn't have any answers, and she's just struggling to figure out what her son was doing, where where he was going, if he was even driving the car. So it's another one of those situations where the time just keeps passing and feels like the more the time passes, the more of the details just kind of get lost to history. Indeed. And Lori has worked with John Fariso in this case. John Fariso, of course, volunteers his time at Private Investigations for the Missing. He's a former homicide detective and current private investigator. And this case came to us by way of Private Investigations for the Missing. He did make the recommendation that we speak with Lori to cover this case. And Lori does mention in this conversation that Jacob was a recovering drug addict and he had been through drug rehabilitation. And it's curious because... While the indications would be when a car is found and it's a former drug addict, that maybe they might have broken their sobriety and something happened to them because of that. However, it gets even stranger because there was no drugs or any indication that there were drugs in the car at the time. And that was really peculiar. So even though he did have his issues with drug use, really no reason to not continue the search for this individual. And we mentioned this case is being investigated by the Everglades National Park Service, and you can reach them at 305-242-7740. But you can also reach our private investigators at PIs for the Missing at 1-866-331-6660 or by emailing piftmtips at gmail.com. Now, Tim, before we get to the conversation with Lori, you were telling me earlier that you had something very important to mention to the listeners. I do. It's about Missing Premium, Lance. You can get every single episode of Missing ad-free at Missing Premium, and you also get our weekly bonus show, and you can subscribe at missing.supportingcast.fm or now on Apple Podcasts as well. Cool. Well, thank you for clearing that up. And my neighbor actually just texted me, and she wants to know where she can follow us on social media. Oh, that's weird that she just texted you instead of just gone to social media. But you can follow us at Missing CSM on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
Welcome to the podcast, Lori. Thanks a lot for joining us today. How, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. When we were scheduling this, we were working with our partner, Jennifer. As these things come together, I think we kind of lose track of the time frame sometimes. So I want to extend an even more um, in-depth thank you to joining uh, for joining us uh, the day before Thanksgiving. So this is a time when people spend with their families. And we're here, unfortunately, talking about your son. Yes. Thanks for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about Jacob? Jacob was a very good kid. He was 23 at the time. <laughs> uh, he was rambunctious as a child, and he got along with his brothers and his sister. He would do anything for anybody, He'd give his shirt off his back for anyone that, that needed anything. That's why I don't understand what happened to him. And it's unlike him to, uh, to go this long without contacting you. Exactly. He would pick up the phone and call me for my birthday or holidays. We would have Sunday dinners at my home. And just, I don't understand what would make him up and leave. Can you take us back to the family dynamic and what it was like uh, living where you live, the area? Just kind of maybe open that up a little bit for us so we can get a picture of you and him and the family. Sure. His father and I were divorced. We had three boys together, my older son, and then Jake, and then my younger son. And for a little while, the three boys did live with his father. And then later on, Jacob and his younger brother ended up coming back living with me. Well, Jacob, at the time, uh, right, maybe a couple of years before he went missing, he got a girl pregnant. So I do have a grandson by him. He will be 13 in January. And him and the mother of his child, they would come over and we would have Sunday dinners and things like that. Unfortunately, Jacob never got to meet his son, but he did know that was his child. That child is a carbon copy of my son. Beautiful little boy. In which ways? I don't get to see my grandson much, but you look at that boy and that boy is a carbon copy. They identical from last time I saw him. Yeah, I can get a little example. When my grandson went into foster care, the mother couldn't take care of him for different reasons. My grandson, Aaron, was maybe about two, two years old, and I was seeing him in foster care. I brought my, my son's photo album with me, and I was just showing my, my grand Aaron his Jacob's pictures. And Aaron looks at him and says, he says, Gammy, that's me. I said, Aaron, that is, that's your daddy. That's Jake. He swore up and down that telling me that is him. And then I finally had to give him, okay, Aaron, that is you. Cause he was not going to give it up. He noticed that picture. He said that was him. There was no two ways about that picture. And it literally was looked just like Aaron. There was no denying that. <laughs> And can you describe a little bit about the uh, region that Jacob grew up in? And are you still living there as well? No. His father and I both were from Louisiana. Now I am in Louisiana. At the time, Jacob's disappearance, I was living in Pooler, Georgia. His father was living in Texas after I moved back to Louisiana in 15. So... Um, but Jake knew where I was and because he lived with me in Georgia. He lived with me for a while. He would go back and forth a few times and and he left for a little while and went to, he lived with me in 2005 in Georgia. And then um, he was there. Then all of a sudden in 2010, right before the baby was born, he took off and went to Texas. Didn't even say anything to me, but I, I suspected that's where he was. I knew that because I knew it, saw it on Facebook. He was in Texas. So I, I knew he was safe. And then I found out he went through rehab and then he got out of rehab. He contacted me. And then next thing I know, he's disappeared. So he was living in Texas at the time. What, why was he in Texas? He just he wanted to get away from a different situation. He went live with his father. 
and stepmother. And then why was he in Florida when he went missing? No, no one knows. He has no known friends or anything related to Florida. All we know, and this is the thing, is his truck was in Florida. Nobody knows 100% if he was in Florida. I was told there was a video of him going into Florida. No one's produced that video to me so I, I could verify he was in there. That picture they put on the internet of him with a mohawk, I have verification. He didn't have a mohawk when he, he left. He didn't have a mohawk at that time. I have no idea who they identified going into the park. Was this footage from a uh, closed circuit TV, like a security footage? That's what they said. It could have been anybody driving that truck. Yeah. And what was his hair like uh, when he went missing? Normal haircut. So it was just short. He had shaved the yeah. the uh, mohawk part. Yeah. I don't know when that picture was taken. His stepmother gave that picture to him. That could have been years prior for all I know. And so no one's produced that video of him apparently driving his vehicle into Florida? No, sir. I've asked over and over to show it to me so I could verify. No, but apparently they showed it to my ex-husband and his wife. Why can't I see it? Oh, really? Um, what mm -hmm. authority, what, what agency showed it to The me? Florida National Everglades Park. They tell me very little. Was this information from them due to a request, or did they volunteer that information to your ex-husband or to, or to anybody else? Well, that I don't know. We'll back up a little bit. This is what happened. My son's truck entered the park on the 24th of August of 11. I'm in Georgia. He, my ex-husband, knows how to contact me. I get notified on the 30th of August by a news reporter asking me if I have a comment on my son's disappearance. I'm not notified by my ex-husband. The search is already over by the time I get notified. My ex-husband doesn't show up at the park to find out about my, you know, to go looking for him. They close the search because no one's there to support my son. So how long had Jacob been missing before you found out that he was missing? A week. And what did your ex-husband do during that week? Absolutely nothing to my knowledge. So this was in 2011. And I mean, there were cell phones pretty prevalent back in 2011. Was there any sort of cell phone ping or any use of a cell phone? Did he own one? Yes. I was told that his cell phone pinged on the 24th at one o'clock. The next ping was at 4.45 the same day and never pinged again. I asked for those records to check into it because he had Verizon. And then when I did go down to the park, I had Verizon. Cell phone stopped at a, a certain point before his truck, before you ever got to his truck. So at his truck, there was no service. I told him, check that out. I don't know if they did. On the way to the Everglades, there's tow boots. You have to pay. I told him to check out the tow boots. See if there's he there's record of him going through tow boots. They haven't notified me of that. Mm -hmm. And was this the the Everglades Park Service that have been investigating this, or was this the uh, I guess Miami or or Florida State Police? It was the Everglades because I was told that the outside police cannot come in and investigate. Only the Everglades can investigate. Where was his phone? I guess, or, or where, where was that final ping? They didn't tell me. Somewhere in the park. And I apologize if you mentioned this earlier. He didn't have any relation in Florida, right? There was no friends or family? Not to our knowledge. And had he been known to leave so abruptly in the past? Not to my knowledge. What a frustrating situation that you're in. I'm so sorry. Yeah, and it's very aggravating. And so 
has your ex-husband ever participated in any search for Jacob or anything? Not to my knowledge. And were there searches done near his, where his vehicle was left in Florida? They searched, they said, and it was about a three-day search. And like I said, that was all over before I was notified. I would have been down there searching. Oh, God, that's awful. Um, so the distance between where he left, you said he left from Texas, or mm-hmm. allegedly. He was in mm-hmm. Texas and mm-hmm. up and left, and his truck was found in the Everglades. It, do you have a rough idea of how many miles that is? And did it correspond? Do you have any idea if it corresponded with the miles on the truck? Okay. Well, all right. Well, let's go back this way. He left Florida, um, Texas. He ended up in a town that's called Guyton, Georgia. And that was on August 11th and 12th. And he, I know he was there. Because he went to see a former girlfriend. I guess in his mind, he thought he would get back with the girlfriend. She contacted me while I was cert after the fact. And it turned out she had a boyfriend. So apparently, according to her, he, she, he stayed the night. I don't know if it was at, if she told me her, her house or not. He told her that he was coming, looked for his mom and his brother. Okay. Well, he didn't find, come to my house. He never showed up. Then, according to her, he left there August 12th at 5 o'clock. And he told her he was going, I believe it was Augusta. Well, there's no record of him going to Augusta. The next thing is nobody knows where he was, went for two weeks. It's unaccounted for. The next thing they find in his truck, a receipt for a hotel in Daytona. Then he ends up in the Everglades the next day. His truck, let's put it that way. His truck ends up in Daytona. Nobody tells me about whose name is on that receipt for the hotel, who went to the hotel. We don't know nothing. All we know is there was a receipt. Then he ends up, his truck ends up in the Everglades on the 24th. Where he went in that two-week period Nobody knows. He could have gone back to Texas in that two weeks. He could have gone anywhere in that two-week period. No one knows. But he didn't come see me. He, he knew where I lived. He lived there where I was. He lived with me. So that's the bigger, another mystery. He can be anywhere from Georgia to Florida to Texas to God knows where. Absolutely. I mean, with the amount of time that's passed, he really could be in another country at this point. So the hotel in Daytona, a couple of questions. Mm -hmm. Did you, were you able to find the name of the hotel? And I know you said that there wasn't a name of the person who rented the room at the hotel, but was it for multiple nights? And was it paid for by a credit card or a debit card or cash? Your guess is as good as mine. All I was told, it was apparently for one night, I'm assuming. It could have been long prior to that. All I was told was there was a hotel receipt in his truck for a hotel in Daytona. No name, no nothing. Police didn't give, hasn't given me much of anything. I'm shut out in the dark. I requested uh, the FOIA information thing. They tell me it's about four inches thick. So I'm expecting to get information. This is a few years back. What I get was a slap in the face. I get about 10 pages and what their report consists of that I got. Oh, the weather report. I found out that they ordered Subway sandwiches, a bunch of pizzas, and bug spray. That was their report for my son being missing. That's what I got. There were that was from the search. I take it that was what they that was their their search party. Yeah. Okay. I got nothing of what they investigated, who they talked to, anything, nothing whatsoever. And Jacob's ex girlfriend. So you spoke with her. I take it. I did. She reached out to me when I had missing flyers and when it was on the news that he went missing. Great. And. Did she have any idea what Jacob was doing in Florida? 
She didn't even know he was going to Florida. He said he told her she he was going to Augusta, and that's Georgia. Oh, weird. Do you know if he made it to Augusta? No idea. I don't know what he did in that two-week period. Right. And to your knowledge, was his ex-girlfriend the last person that, that you know that he spoke with? Yes. To my knowledge, she is the last one that saw him. Her and her boyfriend, which is her ex-boyfriend now, don't know his name, to my knowledge, that they were the last ones to see him, and I'm not making accusations or anything. But to my knowledge, other than the so-called video camera, which I don't even know if that was Jake going into the park, that's by her own admission that she had saw him in Georgia. Was there anything else that was found in the truck that might have been suspicious or maybe something that might indicate his whereabouts or what he was doing at the time or what the person who's driving the truck was doing at the time, I guess? Well, they said they had some pill bottles in there and they said they absolutely found no drug use whatsoever. His gun was missing. She said that it was a high point forty five. He she didn't see it, but he told her or no, she did see it. His laptop was missing. She didn't see that, but he told her she had it. So his gun and laptop were missing out of the truck. They were not in the vehicle. And whether they did fingerprints or anything in the truck, I have no clue. But the truck was picked up within days of him being missing. They didn't even keep it. My ex-husband had it picked up. The reason that you're able to know that the gun was missing was because there was a empty holster. Is that correct? Correct. That's what they told me. Did, I'm sure your question that is rolling around in your head is why would somebody take a gun without the holster? Yeah. He very well could have pawned the gun on along the way. We don't know. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Judging by all that, with the my belief is I wasn't there. My ex-husband wasn't there. Looking at so-called pill bottles, whatever those were, they never said. And no gun because it's an empty holster. They said, oh, he went there and committed suicide. So they just hurried, rushed, and closed the case. My son didn't commit suicide. He would have never done that. But that's what they assumed. And didn't give him a second thought. Looking at his picture, he looked like a hoodlum with that mohawk. They didn't give him a second thought. Right. So they closed the case because they, they're assuming suicide because he's missing and his gun is gone? They stopped looking. They still claim it's an open case, an active case, but they sitting on their hands and doing nothing for 11 years. So they found no proof of drug use. Was but, he on um, prescription drugs? I'm not positive if he was on prescription I don't even know who those pill, the bottles were or how many. It could have been one because they don't tell me anything. So I don't know. It could have been something to help him sleep for all we know. And they just said they found that. But I have a news report coming from the first detective that did anything and said he found absolutely no evidence of drug use. That much I did get out of them. There was no evidence of any form of drug use. And we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Thanks to our sponsors. And now we're back to the program. If you don't mind me changing the topic really quickly. Sure. He has these pictures that show him with a mohawk. And I'm just curious if you know what type of music he listened to. He listened to all kind of music. That country, rock, any music. I've always admired someone who can pull off a mohawk because that <laughs> certainly is not something I'm capable of doing or have the confidence to do. And I just I saw the picture of him with the mohawk and the uh, the the you know jet black hair. And mm -hmm. the first thought I had was, I wonder what kind of music he he listens to. He listened to everything, and he was afraid of nothing. He was kind of like my rock. He was he was always there for me. When he came back into my life in 2005, he was, I could always count on him for anything and everything. Is he your only son or do you have other children as well? No, 
he has an older brother. All these are mine. He has an older brother that was 16 months older than him. That was Joshua. He is Joshua. Then there was Jacob. Then four years later, I had Timothy. And that's for the first husband. Then I have a daughter who's 25. That's Courtney. And I have uh, two bonus children. That's Scotty, Corey, then Scotty. And is is uh, Jacob close with his siblings? He, he was pretty close with um, Tim and Courtney. And then Josh lived in Texas with his father. But Timmy lived with me for, for a good while. He's married now. And Courtney was back and forth with her dad and I. And can you define what bonus children are? You said you had two bonus children? I call them that because I refuse <laughs> to use the word step. Nice. Nice. <laughs> what did Jacob's siblings uh, think about where he went or, or how he went missing? At first we talked about it and we, they were upset about it. They didn't really know what happened about it. And over the years, um, it's really not talked about much. Um, my daughter lives um, in Georgia and my son lives in uh, Maryland. So we really don't talk that much and we really don't talk about it, you know, about Jake Ben Messon. Did Jacob have a roommate or friends in Texas where he was living? Well, I did find out after all, uh, after he went missing, he, I think, I don't recall if it was a girlfriend or ex-girlfriend. He did have somebody he was living with at the time. I'm not positive on her last name. She might have gotten married. Her name was Brandy, and they had an apartment in Conroe, Texas. But I think they, uh, when he went into rehab, I don't know if they broke up or what happened there, because she had contacted me on Facebook after Jake went missing. So, um, and said so that she was at the apartment, and she didn't know exactly. He had just taken off, and I don't recall what she had said if he had told her where he was going or didn't tell her. I don't know the full details. But he had a job and he was doing good. And then all of a sudden, you know, that was it. What was his job? I'm not for sure. I think it was at the time he was working with his stepmom. I don't know exactly where it was. But he had a job and he had a child that was on the way. It just seems irrational to leave so abruptly. And then when they theorize that he committed suicide. That seems like, <laughs> and I'm sure I'm just preaching to the choir here. It's just lazy. Right. Well, his child was already born at that time. We met his child was, Oh, right. His child was born in January and he went missing in August of the next year. His child was a, almost a year and a half when he went missing, but he still hadn't seen his child. Even, even though. Did Jacob see his dad a lot? Yeah. They live pretty close in Texas. Uh, I can't comment on their relationship. Well, they they lived pretty close, though. I think for a while they did they did live together for a while, and then I don't know exactly when he moved out. And you had said that he was just completing a uh, drug rehabilitation program. Yes, I was told he had completed it. Was that something that he was struggling with um, in the recent or in uh, later years? Yeah, he somehow got on drugs, and then. He had come live with me in 2005 or six, and he still kind of struggled with it, but it wasn't uh, severely bad at all. A little weed here and there, but he never got in trouble with it. Then it was in 2000 after his son was born, the girlfriend took off before the a month before the child was born, so he didn't get to see his son. And then after a little while, he took off. And then I think the ex-girlfriend I was living with, she's the one that said he went through rehab. I think she said he was on heroin. There was no heroin when he was with me. All he did was a little weed. Far from what I would think anybody would go through rehab for. You know, but he shouldn't be on it, in my opinion. And they had concluded that there was no evidence based on just like what was found in and around the truck that there was any drug use at the time? That's what they concluded. There was no evidence of drugs. Absolutely none. 
you'd think that if he was going somewhere and parking the truck to, you know, do heroin or if he was even, you know, using marijuana, that there would be some sort of paraphernalia in the truck or around the truck. Right. I would think the same thing, but there was absolutely none. Is it strange to you that he had left Texas and maybe he was in Florida, um, but you you were living in Georgia and and he didn't come by to to see you? No, because I was home and he, like I said, he lived at the same house where I was living and he had not come that day. I was home. And he wasn't, didn't, didn't come. That's what I want to understand why he didn't. And if I had not been home that day, left me a note, tell me to call. He had my phone number, call me and tell me you're in town. You know, anything. If I had missed him that day or something, I would have met up with him or anything. I would have wanted to see him, but there was nothing. And as we were researching your son's disappearance, Savannah, Georgia pops up in the research material. What is the connection to Savannah, Georgia? Why is that one of the places that he might be seen? Because Savannah was right, typically just 10, about 15 minutes from where I, I was living. It's all located centrally around the same vicinity. I see. And then I guess how far of a drive is that from where his truck was? Oh, probably, uh, I'd say almost 12 hours. Oh, wow. I'm estimating. Right. Because we're two hours from Jacksonville, Florida, and you've got to go all the way down to the bottom of Florida. Right. I mean, literally. So, I'm, I mean, it could be maybe 10, 12. I'm guessing. I don't know. I forgot the long, the drive, how long it took me, but it's not like a hop, skip, and a jump. It's it's a ways there. And you've been there. Oh, yeah. I've been there many times down to the Everglades after he went missing, and I've searched myself. And is there anything that you learn from being in the area that you wouldn't know from not having been to the area? No. It just breaks my heart every time I've gone there. I've walked that path that um, where the trail is. I've walked that and and looked at the lake. They've dived in the dove in the lake, looking maybe if his gun was in there. They didn't find anything. That's why part of me feels like the longer it goes, he's never even made it to the Everglades. But the big question is where in between or anywhere else, where is he? It's a bigger question. And do you know where the truck is right now? To my knowledge, back in 2011, I haven't spoken to my ex-husband since. He got it at his house a matter of a week or so after my son went missing. Was he like paying the bill? No, it was already paid for. it was registered to my ex-husband. So that's the reason he got contacted. Right. Okay. And it, but it wasn't like it was a, like a very new uh, no. vehicle or anything. It seems like a bit of, a bit of a rush to get it out of there. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, what the big rush was to get the truck out and not let the police have it for evidence. One of the bigger questions I have, I've contacted Anybody I can get my hands on to try to get this out there, to get people to get um, Jake's picture and everything out there. A few years ago, I contacted Dr. Phil, and I was in contact with this one guy back and forth about getting it on there. Well, I didn't. I can care less if my ex-husband goes on the show. But the, here's the kicker that he tells me, the guy does, my ex-husband has to sign a release for my son's picture to be on the on Dr. Phil. I'm thinking, okay, he'll sign the release. He doesn't have to be on the show. The guy tells me my ex-husband refused to sign the release to release sign the paper to release my son's picture. 
Why wouldn't you want your child's picture on there to find out what happened to you? So that doesn't make any sense to you. Would it to you? It makes absolutely no sense to me. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, from our perspective, no. I'd move heaven and earth to get my son's picture on the on the news. I guess what you first think about is what harm would it do to put his picture out there? And I have no idea what harm that would, would have done, like why that would have been opposed. It would do no harm. And then I, I was told by him as well. He reported my son nationally back in 2011. And I find out he never did that. It was never reported nationally. But he told you that he did? Oh, he most certainly did. And what did he mean when he said he, he reported it nationally? That was supposed to go worldwide, that my son was missing. Not just local in Florida. Hmm. Apologies if this is too personal of a question, but I'm getting the sense that there's not a lot of lost love between you and your ex-husband. <laughs> um, what? How how long have you been divorced from him? Uh, we got divorced in, I think it was 92. Oh, so a while. Okay. Oh, absolutely. I don't hold any animosity towards him. I've forgiven and moved on from everything because... I ha you have to do survive. And do you know if his phone was ever located? My son's phone? I have yeah. no idea. Uh, I'm not 100% sure of this, and I could be wrong. I'm thinking um, some, I, I was told, and I could be wrong, that my son's phone, the phone itself might have not been located, but I think the phone number was given to someone else in the family. I don't know. I'm not 100% sure on that. Okay, so it's possible the number was changed, but the phone is has not been located, and this number change would have happened after Jacob went missing? Correct. Correct. Huh. I'm not 100% sure on that. And we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Thanks to our sponsors. And now we're back to the program. Have you been in touch with uh, John Fariso from uh, Private Investigations for the Missing? Yeah, he, he's the one that first contacted me and we emailed back and forth. Great, great. He's a amazing resource and he has quite a background with his experience in the missing person department at the uh, New York police department. So mm -hmm. he's, a, he's an excellent resource and a, a super nice guy. So don't feel like you're ever putting him out by reaching out to him. Yeah. We emailed back and forth and I emailed him and told him I had the, the podcast today. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. Have you been in a contact with um, Jacob's ex-girlfriend pretty regularly or did you say that you had I reached out to her a few years ago and um, I she was at work and I told her I had a few more questions I wanted to ask her and she says well I'll, I'll call you or you call me when I get off work and then when I attempted to call her she wouldn't she wouldn't answer her phone never heard from her again she lives in a different state now I mean, with with all of like how frustrating this is and how much information you don't have, what do you tell like where do you even direct people if they have information? Because are you you can't direct them to law enforcement because you'll never hear that. Nope. I have nothing to go on. Well, nobody really asked me where to look. I tell them, well, all you can do is search and look up Jake's name on the Internet. And be honest, I stopped doing that. Because a lot, some of the things you read on there are not even accurate. I found so many times, and I've contacted back out to him. I said, "Some of the stuff that y'all say I said, I never said that. I did not say those things." You know, and I'm like, "I know what I said. I know what's accurate." Because from day one, anybody I spoke with, I made notes. I, rec I wrote down as I was talking, I was jotting down every single word of everything because I said, my memory's not going to handle all this later down the line. 
So everybody I spoke with, and, and I keep every email that the investigators with um, the Everglades, I quit phoning them. I'm like, I'm not phoning y'all anymore. So I started just doing everything by email. Everything's email. I have a folder full in my phone under the emails of just Jake stuff. I'm like, I'm not doing, you know, I have to, I have to make sure I have everything in writing. So I covered my butt with everything. I'm like, uh, I can go back and look. Yeah, that's, that's really smart. And that's really important that you're identifying things that are online that aren't true, things that you hadn't said that people are saying that you said. Is there anything specific that you want to mention here just to set uh, some record straight? Well, one of them said, put on there, I forgot who it was, said on there that I, I flat out said he went down there to commit suicide. I would have never said that. And then another one, I cleared it up on there, said that I told them, oh, he's just pretending to be gone because he doesn't want to pay child support for his child. That never came out of my mouth. I'm like, I, t- I reached out to her, I said, you're going to erase that on there. You fix your website because that never came out of my mouth. I'm like, why would I say that? You know, first of all, the child is not even living with the mother. Child support's not even an issue, first of all. And my son wouldn't do that. It was just so many minor things on there. I said, and fix the Mohawk thing. He didn't have a Mohawk. I mean, it was, it just, it was starting to get irritating. It's like, you're going to talk about me? Do it correctly. Yeah, and then while it feels like these are minor things that people are putting out there and in the in their heads when they're putting out this information, it doesn't seem like it's going to have that big of an effect, but it really does. Because when you it say does. something like, oh, his mom thinks that he went down there to avoid mm-hmm. paying child support, that, that immediately eliminates any sense of urgency to look into his disappearance. Because you think, oh, deadbeat dad, probably living another life to avoid paying for the kid. And if that was never said, that's horrible information to put out there. Exactly. And my son wouldn't do that. If folks think think his mom doesn't care or isn't paying attention, then, you know, why are they going to? So, yeah, that's that's not good. But I'm, I'm glad you set the record straight here. Thank you. We'll uh, we'll try to put that out there as far as we can. Because if y'all could have seen him in the whole time that um, the mother was pregnant with his son, I, I, drove, I took him to every doctor's appointment, took him to the ultrasound, and when he found out it was a little boy, you should have seen him. He was so excited, and the only reason he didn't get to see that baby, she took off. They got into an argument, and she took off and went over, I forgot, I think it was Wisconsin, and left without Jake and took off a month before she was having my grandson, Aaron. I was devastated. Was that where she was from? At the time, I think so. She had family over there, and then she ended up coming back to Mississippi with my my grandson, and he ended up being in foster care. And I went back and forth and seeing foster care, and I fought for my grandson, but I couldn't get him. Did she try to meet up with Jacob after she returned to the area? I don't know if she did whenever um, she went to Mississippi. I don't know. I think she contacted him and he knew he knew he had a son, but I don't know if he had a chance. I think he was in um, rehab at the time after he, um, she, he was born. So I'm not a hundred percent sure. I guess w- what is your, your best thought or your, your guess on why his truck ended up in Florida? Uh I don't know. Like I said, either he really did drive it there for God only knows why. Maybe he just wanted to go look at the Everglades because he loved the outdoors. He could survive outdoor, but he couldn't. So I know he couldn't have survived in the Everglades. He might just plan to go for, if he did that plan, just go overnight, you know, for a few hours and then leave and go somewhere else. Or like I said, it was never him in the truck. Yeah. And you mentioned he had a job. Um, did, he, did. He, he He wasn't into selling drugs or anything like that, right? No, no. 
Okay, so yeah, it would be pretty, pretty random maybe for a, this to be some kind of drug deal gone bad or something with the car ending up so far away. All I can say is, once he left me, my house in 2010, I honestly cannot say what he did after that fact. If he got in a different, I, I don't want to be saying he got on drugs. But if he got into something drug wise after the fact, I can't speak for that. And I don't want to say that he did, but I can't say he didn't. But I don't think he did at all. I wouldn't think so. And he would call you after after that, right? Like you, you spoke to him on the phone. Yes, he was calling me after he left my house. He was calling me all the time. We were talking. I knew, like I said, I knew he was at his dad's before he went in rehab. He told me he was going to go into rehab. And I knew at that time I wouldn't get to talk to him while he's in rehab. And I understood that. And he called me after he got out. He had called me on my birthday. And I talked to him. And that was um, a good while before he went missing. Was the rehab something that he voluntarily admitted himself into or was it appointed? I can't say. I don't know. Either way, he went in, which yes. is showing that he's making an effort. And I would imagine that the conversations that you had, even when he was telling you that he was going into a rehab, you would identify if there was something more going on. I mean, we've talked to family members in the past who will say, you know, the person just didn't sound right, even though right. things were going on or things were going well or whatever. They just didn't sound right. Did you have any sense of that? No, I didn't. Yeah. Not at all. Everything seemed normal. Well, Lori, do you uh, do you have anything else that you'd like to say here that maybe we haven't asked or that you'd uh, you'd like to say? I think we've pretty much covered it. It's just the longer I guess on Thanks, um, Christmas, his birthday, the anniversary, pretty much the holidays. It gets hard. It took me a long time to actually put up a Christmas tree. There were years I wouldn't even put it up because I kept having that that memory of the last Christmas I had with Jake. You know, it's like Christmas never meant the same to me anymore. But we're going to do it again this year. Good to hear. Yeah. Did uh, Jake like Christmas? Was that a good holiday for him? Oh, my God. Yes, he did. It did. He did. He was like, he, he was a grown grown man, even though he was 23, he was grown. But he was a big kid at heart. He was a big kid. And he loved his sister, Courtney. Oh, my God, he loved that girl. He loved his brother, too. But his sister was the world to him. It was amazing, the relationship those two had. It really was. She had him twisted around her, his pinky. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing Jake wouldn't do for any of us. Soft-hearted. It's amazing. I miss him so much. I miss all my kids, but him the most. I still, I kept every piece of everything that I ever have of him. I won't get rid of anything. Well, I'm so sorry. Um, he's not in your life right now. Hopefully, uh, he can return at some point. He comes to me in my dreams and talks to me in my dreams. What does he say? Oh, that he loves me and he misses me. But he's never told, come to me and told me what happened yet. I'm waiting on that one. He's all, he just soothes me and lets me know everything's going to be okay. Do you wake up feeling better when uh, those dreams happen? I do. Feel a little sense of relief, and, and I just hold on to those every time and wait for the next one to come. It's a really amazing, and I hope no one gives you any gives you a hard time for keeping his personal items around. I think keeping the personal items around helps you to keep that memory fresh in your mind. I think that's important. I think that brings him back mm -hmm. in your dreams, and you know keeps your resolve strong. 
Mm-hmm. No, my husband is a very big supporter for me. He knows how it, what Good. happens, and he's never lost a child, but he knows what I go through, and he just holds me and helps me go through it. He's seen my highs, he's seen my real lows, and he supports me and, and backs me on anything that we have to do about this, and he wants to get to the bottom of it as much as I do. You know, and it, it breaks his heart every time that I'm hurting. I have an office in my my house, and I have a lot of Jake's things just in my office. And I go visit my 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 room, and I talk to Jake when I feel like it. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.